I listened to an, an older service from our, a recorded service from the church from a number of years ago this week, and I was telling mom this week that it, I, it, it felt different. The atmosphere, everything was, was a, say, less intense than it is today, and I think it's just a matter of the world we live in has changed in a number of different ways. There's a certain spiritual intensity that has been, I'd say, dialed up. Uh, at least in the house of God, we, we feel it. We've recognized that some, some things are, spiritual things, I think, are laid bare and made open. And, uh, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of evil. And we see that manifesting itself around us in ways that maybe we knew as a church were there, but weren't quite so open. And, and um, something happened this week in... Uh, in Washington, they argued in front of the Supreme Court the merits of Roe v. Wade. Uh, that, that wasn't the, the case that was brought before the, the, the court. The case was, a, I think, a Missouri law that banned abortion beyond 15 months. But once the attorneys got before the Supreme Court, they, they sh shifted to, we need to strike Roe v. Wade down entirely. Uh, a couple people on the court said something along the lines of, well, that's not necessarily the question before the court, but the, the attorneys arguing that said, well, yes, it is, because that's bad precedent, it's bad law, and it needs to go. The Supreme Court needs to take itself out of an issue that should go to the people. Uh, now, my personal opinion is when the Constitution says that we all have uh, a God-given right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that that includes babies as well, the lives of babies as well. I think we have a constitutional right to life. But what's before the court right now is to potentially strike down the case that was, uh, that was held there uh, decades ago, which has been the scourge of our nation for a very long time, which guaranteed a constitutional right to abortion uh, nationally. And so what the court is considering is essentially turning that back to states, taking the federal government, the courts out of it, saying, no, there is no constitutional right to this. Uh, and if anything, it is a state issue and the states would then uh, convene to de determine what they wanna do. Because right now, <clears throat> states have been for years trying to limit Roe v. Wade and some have been successful and some have been less successful. And of course, some like California don't even try. Uh, but it's a monumental thing, uh, and um, you know it's it's not all the way 100%. I think what we'd like to see, which is a federal ban on abortion, but it's a major step. And uh, imagine you know the difference between states that that do not permit it and states that do. Wonder if God would bless uh, some of those states that make that decision, right? Um, but it is a big thing to be praying about because. It's not determined yet. You know, they've had their arguments, they've had their discussions before the court, and I have read this week uh, analysis on both sides, those that would like to see Roe v. Wade maintained and those that would like to see it abolished, and I think both seem to be leaning that that is what the court is going to do. Um, they would either basically strike down Roe v. Wade or render it useless. Um, and we should be praying about that. It's been a long time coming decades and decades and decades, and as we know, millions of lives lost. And so I just wrap that into the discussion that there is a lot going on spiritually. We have, you know, 
I'd say government agents that are making very clear what they want to see. Uh, they want to see globalism like never before. And I mentioned that because last night Audrey and I watched a, just a quick sermon on end times timing. Uh, timing of the rapture, timing of the, uh, the events that we read of in Revelation. And the pastor said there are four major events that would need to happen. We don't know when the timing of these things are going to occur. Christ said only the Father knows. The angels don't know. The Son doesn't know. But only the, angel, or only the Father knows the day um, that that's going to happen. However, he gave, uh, he gave information that would let us know the season in which these things would occur. And, he, and, and what it boiled down to was that there would be uh, a gathering of, of, of Jews in Israel, that there would be essentially a nation created. And the reason there needed to be a nation created is because we know that the Antichrist will make a covenant with Israel that will last seven years, which he will interrupt three and a half years in to the covenant by, by ending the sacrificial system in the temple, which means there needs to be a temple. Um, so we know there is a nation of Israel. That was a major step in that direction, major step. Um, the other, the other uh, thing would be that there would be a spiritual gullibility, uh, that people would go for anything, that people would, there would be apostasy, there would be um, a lack of morality, and that people would fall for anything. Uh, you know, and he used as an example of that, deciding that genders are not real, you know, things so silly as that as to ignore facts in front of your face and determine the facts in front of my face are not real. So we see that today too. Um, the, the third one was something like a, a single world government uh, because we know that the Antichrist consolidates power globally. And then the last was globalism. Just uh, he described it as a shrinking of the world. Uh, whereas for years and years and years, what happened in, say, Europe, you had no clue if you're in the United States. Uh, but there's things that have changed in our world. We now know what happens in another part of the world within minutes. And there's been, the technology has brought us a shrinking of the world. We now are a global-minded you know, world because we see and know what's going on globally immediately. And so the point of that is to say there's a lot in place to set up the season of the end time. And we probably would expect to see pushes to align governments, to align governments, uh, I, think, I think right now, the push is to use coronavirus and then it'll shift into environmentalism. These are all, they'd say, global issues. And so we must align globally behind these issues. And it really doesn't matter what the issue is. The point is there is going to be a push and a move to align governments and countries behind some sort of a centralized power. And when we see these things happening, we know that these are the things Christ uh, taught about. Now, I hope that the people of all these nations that see their governments trying to do this, and we know they're under the influence of an enemy that wants to bring this about, doesn't mean it's the end yet. People may push back. People may say, ah, I see what's going on and we don't want this. And we may have another hundred years of, of uh, you know, uh, delay on, on these kinds of things. If not, then, you know, the Lord will, will reign, right? And uh, so we don't know exactly when, we don't know exactly how, but I just wanted to mention, we see, we see move in that direction. It's very visible. And it, in, in the spirit, it's even palpable. It's, it's almost tangible in the spirit. And, um, 
It's, it's times to be awake and times to have our eyes open, to have our, our lamps filled with oil and the wicks ready for the return of the Lord. Um, and that's not a fearful thing. That is, an, that is an amazing, wonderful thing to look forward to, the return of God. But at the same time, there's unsaved. We have loved ones and family and friends and, and people, souls that God has created and designed that don't know him. And so our hearts and minds should be also focused on the lost. And as I know they are, um, missions and, and just in our own families and, and circles of friends. We have lost and unsaved that we need to be pleading for because time is short. And, uh, but I, w I wanted to mention the, 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 what happened this, this week in, in Washington in the Supreme Court. It is, is potentially a monumental shift in our nation. Um, there's governmental controls and whatnot in place. That doesn't mean they have all the power. Uh, the people still matter in this country. This country was founded in such a way that it cannot be taken over easily. So we are still uh, in, in control of this uh, government, I'd say, as a people. Uh, God is still in control of it all. And uh, we, we depend upon him. We rely upon him. And we should... We should be pleading to him and seeking him for this uh, one, one of many changes we'd like to see in this nation. I really believe that what has happened over the last couple of years and the, you know, we've seen politicians look to use crises to take control, look to use crises to consolidate their power, to say, well, you know, in this emergency time, we can, we can essentially dictate to the people what the rules are. And that's fundamentally un-American. And I think, you know, it's taken time for this to settle out, but it is settling out in court slowly over time, but it is, in most cases, settling out in the right way. And so let's continue to seek God. Uh, he is still in control, and we can still see justice prevail. As Mom's been teaching over the last several weeks, He is a God of justice and a God of truth. And we continue to seek Him for justice and truth. But as we... Go to take prayer requests today. I wanted to just put that at the top of the list that we have uh, justices that are um, going to be deliberating over the next, I'd say, five, six months over that issue. So keep that on your list of things to be in prayer over because, believe me, there will be pressures on them both in the physical and in the spiritual. You can imagine the, what's at stake, the lives at stake, lives of innocence. And uh, the decision could be in the hands of one or two who, would cons who could be potential swing voters there on that court. Yes, Mom? Do you know if it's true that the vote occurred on Friday, but the answer won't be released until next June? I don't know if that's true. Um, I would be surprised if that was true. Uh, the way I think the, they work on the Supreme Court is that there will be each of the justices will work with their staff and the, their clerks, and they will write opinions. And then there will be a long process of negotiation amongst them to align behind uh, a certain opinion. And there will be two sides, of course. One will be pro and one will be against. And then amongst those groups, there will be lobbying. They, they, they push each other around quite a bit to get behind a particular decision. And so if it's four or five, you know, they might work hard to get one of those four over onto the five to make it a stronger majority because a stronger majority suggests a stronger decision. So I think that the, the, the arguments were heard this week, but 
those, that process will carry on, I think, for quite a while. So um, certainly I'd say they know what they're going to, each one knows where they stand. I doubt that anyone has changed their mind over the last couple days. So they probably all know where they stand, but getting to the final decision, because they'll take this very seriously, uh, it'll be a long process. And, a lot, and until it's final, uh, anything can happen. So until, until they've issued their opinion, uh, you know, there was no deadline that they had be done by a certain time. So things can change, and I've read in the past that justices switch sides under pressure from this side or that side, so be in prayer about them. Uh, pray for those that, I mean, there are some, there's, they're, they're, they wanna strike down Roe v. Wade badly. There's others that say it would be a stench on the court if they did so. Well, um, it's, it was very interesting to listen to. Some said to, the gov to those lawyers who were defending abortion, they said, um, you know, when cases in the past that supported segregation, that went on for quite a long time before the court finally said, this was wrong when it was decided. And they said, could it not be that Roe v. Wade was wrong when it was decided? Because you tell us that it's precedent, that it's been there for 50 years and it's wrong to change it just because it's there. They said, well, so was segregation. You know, so was, uh, you know, there's, there's been horrible decisions of the past that reflected maybe where the people were at that time, but not where, uh, you know, Lord was, you know, as, as far as slavery, as far as uh, segregation and all these other types of issues in the past. So, uh, you know, they, they were strongly suggesting, hey, this was wrong 50 years ago, and it's been wrong ever since. And you know it because it's been a, uh, the Supreme Court should not be in political issues, and this is clearly a political issue that, that is the subject of heavy disagreement, and the court's been sitting on it for 50 years, and it's time to let, to, they, I think they want out of it, many of them. They want, to be, they want to stop being the focus of that. Yeah, Michael? No, they want Congress to do their job. That's yeah. Yeah, Congress knows, they know if there is a vote on the issue of abortion, it would not succeed. So they've been leaning on the court to run it all this time, and that's not the purpose of the court. Because they don't want to have to go back to their constituents explain why they voted the way they did. Yeah, it's not a popular issue. Um, and so it's not an issue very many are going to want to run on. So, uh, Audrey. Many, many prophetic words have, have over time have said that, and you, and you think, how could California go pro-life? Well, if it came to the vote, if, if, if anyone remembers, there was a vote on same-sex marriage in California. Same-sex marriage was defeated by a vote, and we amended the Constitution to say so in this state, and the court, the Ninth Circuit Court, overruled the people. Yes. So... Uh, this is you know, a similar issue. I'd say this is probably even less popular amongst the people than that. Um, and so how could California go pro-life? Let them vote. They're terrified. Those who support abortion, they're terrified that this could actually be a decision of the people. You know, and then as, we, you know, as, as, the, um, as we've seen so many times in, in the Bible, 
particularly the Old Testament, the blood would be on the hands of the people. Right? When the people choose, and the people choose abortion or, or choose you know, to, against abortion, the blood is then literally on the hands of those that support it or don't, right? So, um, and that's where it belongs, I suppose. So, we'll see, um, but pray about it because it could, it could change overnight. This coming year is when they, I think spring is when they expect their decision to come out. And uh, imagine there will be riots if, if Roe v. Wade is struck down. There will be, you know, all the usual, right? The enemy will rage. But be in prayer. I mean, it's a spiritual war, and it's one worth fighting, absolutely. And it's one, if the, the church has been criticized for not being involved enough over the last uh, number of years, maybe 50 years ago when this was decided, it was t in a sense, it was taken out of the church's hands, except that we should be, you know, vocal, and we should be seeking the Lord. And, and we should be praying. So, along that line, this discussion is different this morning than we normally do in our church service. But let me say this, if you think that it doesn't belong in a church service because it isn't spiritual, I believe with my whole heart that the abortion matter as a whole is demonically controlled. And in the same verse that Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, he said, they will cast out demons in my name. I would attack this as a demonic spirit and pray against it in the name of Jesus that it be cast down. Well, one of the things in that um, sermon I listened to last night on the end times timing said that the people would believe, uh, I forget the exact phrasing, doctrines of demons or, yes, or, or doctrines, of doctrines of devils. In the, in the end times, de demonic doctrines will be spoken and people will pick it right up and run with it. Abortion is certainly one of those things. Um, you know, the the <laughs> it's it's age old. The the killing of innocent children, um, and there's nothing you, you can't you can't imagine anything behind it but evil. You, it's it's satanic to the core, and uh, so it's certainly something the church. There, there's there's only so much we can do, but we must we must do what we can, and uh, we need to we need to pray. We need to encourage each other to be in prayer and to uh, to seek the Lord for a change that is long overdue. And bind the power of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Is it right that that ruled over the West Coast? The Ninth Circuit is the circuit court just under the Supreme Court over our region, yes. So issues that are determined um, that affect uh, Washington, California, Nevada, Idaho, I think a number of Western states is under the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit is a bit more balanced than it used to be, but still quite out of, ba out of balance. I mean, they get overturned still quite a bit at the Supreme Court. Uh, Michael? Yeah, when you see the a court constantly overturned, it tells you something about the makeup of that court. It's been the way it is for decades, although it, it improved a bit because Trump did appoint a number of conservative judges to that uh, that court, but it's still out of balance. Um, one of the reasons it was it was good that the uh, the OSHA uh, vaccine mandate went to the Sixth Circuit, and the, and when the Sixth Circuit rules on that, it will be ruling nationally because they did a lottery. And, uh, you know, because it was an issue coming to every circuit nationally. So they did a lottery and the Sixth Circuit will review that, that case. 
uh, it doesn't look good for the mandate. Um, and then, you know, the Supreme Court, I suspect, might want to stay out of it um, either way. <laughs> they, they, we'll see. We'll see on that one. But, um, yeah, the Ninth Circuit is the one with the authority over our region. And so every issue on a federal appeals level that goes up the chain goes to the Ninth Circuit. And then you would appeal from there to the Supreme Court. Um, but as far as doctrines of devils, that's one of the end times markers uh, that people would go for. People would wholeheartedly adopt and, 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 run, and go after these, these evil teachings. And you could say we're somewhat conflicted. On the one, on the one hand, we, we want to see the Lord return. We want to see these things ended. We want to we move on to the next phase. But, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to see people adopting doctrines of devils, right? We, even though we know that these things are things to come, it doesn't have to be right now. The Lord can step in. We can see a mighty um, uh, revival and harvest of souls. And we'd love to see that. We'd love to see that. I'd say the church can wait a moment, right, to see the Lord move in hearts and souls. We can be patient and we can uh, plead for that um, before the Lord comes that we see uh, hearts and souls move. And, 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 you know, it may take some of these things for people to get awakened to what's happening, that there are spiritual forces among us uh, uh, working in our midst that we've many have been uh, un unaware of. Audrey? I mean, if you consider what abortion is, it's, it's in, in the movement in the United States is to convince women that they are at odds with their own child, you know, instead of perhaps, you know, the relationship that put them in that position and the man that was involved in that, they are now at odds, not with him, but with their own child and their own body. Um, and that that is the conflict, them versus their child, you know, when, when, an, an activity got them there where somebody else who, you know, like you say, there wasn't an understanding of responsibility or an acknowledgement of the responsibility, and the society would now like to pit the young woman against her own child as a result of, of that lack of responsibility. But in the last year, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's like the Lord has a 
Yeah, it seems that some of the people who were proponents of that early on didn't seem to know that it would come back on them, <laughs> them directly. Uh, yeah, things, uh, things are being brought to light that need to be brought to light, including in churches, including in ministries. And uh, God's got no patience or, or, or protection for those who would deceive their flocks in his name. And so ministries have been affected, churches have been affected, there have been many high-profile uh, pastors and ministers that have had to step down, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. But as Tracy was saying earlier, it's some, there's some fire that we have to go through. And maybe, you know, for those ministers, they're not going to hold a position like that again, but God can still save their souls. Um, and that's, that's his point. He still loves those people. He still loves those ministers who have failed, but they can't continue in a ministry, you know, wrapped in lies, and and uh, you can't have an effective real ministry when when it's when you've got that kind of activity under the surface. And God's going to bring it to the light, and He should, and He is, and we've seen it like never before. And thank God for that, because we need to move on in in purity and transparency, and uh, nothing let nothing stop the Lord from from His ministry moving. Any anything else? Uh, this morning. Last week we had a, a, a prayer session, um, an intercessory prayer time, and I, I myself am, am praying that the Lord, I'd say, advance me in intercessory prayer and praying for things that he, that the Spirit moves me to pray for. I mean, I know the things that concern me, but the Spirit can move us to pray for things in a more powerful and more effective way, things that might not be top of mind for us, but they are for Him. And so let's be open to that direction, that when we pray, that we not only seek the Lord for the things we see and feel around us, things like we've mentioned uh, today, but also that, that He move us deeply to pray for people who are needing prayer, that we might not even know the need, but God can step in and direct us in that in the spirit. Um, let's go ahead and take these needs and these desires before the Lord today. Mighty God, we come together, Lord God, as a small group, but a small group with a big God. And we bring before you these needs that are not small needs, mighty God. We bring before you needs of a country, needs of a people, needs of a nation, Lord God, that you have founded upon your principles of truth and justice. And so, Lord, we bring the Heavenly Father this issue of abortion. We saw arguments before the court. And we understand that men and women are involved in this decision. But we seek you for the outcome, mighty God. We seek you to move hearts. We seek you to move mountains, mighty God, to bring an end to this abomination and this stain upon our country. We pray for the leadership of our nation, Lord God, that the people may have peace, that you move, Heavenly Father, circumstances and events around, Lord God, so that the people of the United States and the, by extension, people of the world can have peace, Lord God, and that you can, you and your ministry.
ministry can move freely, Lord God, where it will. We pray for our children, Jesus, and their school. And we pray, Lord God, that no weapon formed against our children in that school may prosper, Lord God, but that you defeat in the name of Jesus and that you bind in the name of Jesus any force, any spirit, Lord God, that would come against that school and those children that you silence, Heavenly Father, every tongue that would come against them. And we pray, Lord God, that for our churches and our schools and all, Lord God, that the enemy and our governments are seeking to silence and destroy, Lord God, that you hide us in the cleft of the rock, Lord God, that you conceal us in your secret pavilion, mighty Jesus. That as we continue to seek you in war, in prayer, and travail, Lord God, in prayer, and to study and absorb and to practice your word, Lord God, that you protect us from the attacks of the enemy, that you conceal us from those looking to, Lord God, to end our activities, Lord God, to bring our worship to an end, to bring our proclaiming of the name of Jesus to an end, to bring our teaching of our children, the word of God, to an end, my Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you touch our president, Lord God, and that you move him, Lord, in your will, and that you let him not lead us into war or lead us into some other trouble, Lord God, but that he can lead, Lord God, as long as he is there in a way that brings your people peace. And God, we bind in the name of Jesus the power of the Ninth Circuit and any other court, Lord God, that would step in to diminish or to remove the rights of the American people that belong to the American people and the states of the American people, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, in this, again, this issue of relationships and abortion and, and, and child rearing and bearing, and Lord God, that you bring a clear understanding of responsibility and consequences. It is not up to the Supreme Court or anyone else to remove the responsibility of men and women, Lord God, and fathers and mothers. It is for them to be responsible for their children and their decisions. We pray that you bring truth and justice in that as well. And Lord, we ask that as a church and as a people, you move, your spirit move in our hearts, direct and guide us into intercessory prayer, Lord God, mountain moving prayer. Let the spirit move through us. Let the Spirit direct us, Lord God, as we seek you, Lord God, that we can be effective prayer warriors for every issue and concern that is on your heart, mighty God, that we can be an effective weapon of your Holy Spirit to move mountains and change circumstances in the world around us. We pray your blessing over this church and all the people in it, Lord God. We thank you for this opportunity to speak frankly and openly, Lord God, about the matters that affect us in this church and this nation. We know that you see us and you know us and you've spoken so many times that it is your battle and you are in control. And God, we trust you. We trust you. We know that you see and we know that you know and we trust you in all things, mighty God, today. We pray your blessing over this service, your anointing over this service and each one gathered here, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, as we go to collect our offering this morning. We pray that you bless, that you continue to provide, mighty God, jobs and opportunities for your people. There is no shortage in your storehouses for your people. And we trust and expect, Lord God, your continued provision and blessing 
over your people today, Lord God. Amen. Good morning, everybody. I am not going to bring forth the message that I have prepared this morning. Um, I feel like it's it's best to wait till next week, and I will be delivering it next week because I think it's important. But I want to say a few things. In regard to the discussion that we've had, I am so thankful for the freedom to say what we feel in our hearts is right and godly and righteous and just before the Lord. And I absolutely do believe that there are demonic spirits controlling this and that it is the church's responsibility to pray them down and raise the name of Jesus and raise the standard of Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, that's our job. We can't actually control some of these things, but through praise and lifting his name, he is exalted and he can do all things. And I'm so thankful for that. So thank you for participating in that discussion. I think it's a very important one. About two weeks ago, the Lord put on my heart to find a, a cause to give to for Christmas. I love to give at Christmas time. Jim and I made a practice of it. We did different things, and I think I told you one time that I really enjoyed giving goats to, um, through Franklin Graham's ministry. You can do it online, it's very simple, and he chooses where the goats go because of the need that is present at the time. And I, I always felt really good about that. If I had a lot of money, I would dig a well somewhere because I think that's a tremendous gift. I know that um, there is an opportunity for that in Mozambique. It's very expensive, and I didn't feel that that was something that I could do in, in total, but you could certainly contribute pieces and portions of that. But this year, as I was praying, I said, the Lord, I feel like, directed me to look at city team ministries. I also like to do something locally, not always, you know, in a foreign land. And as you know, we support um, the Guatemex program in Mexico through our precious brother, Skip Kincaid, by the way, Please go out through the kitchen and take pins and calendars and magnetic calendars that he sent uh, for the church saying thank you so much for the beautiful offering that we sent him. So those are back there. So I did go on City Teen Ministries website and if you're interested, it is a very well done website and it's just cityteam.org and you can see what their programs are all about there. Very, very easy laid out and just a really nice website. They do basic feeding the homeless programs, drug rehabilitation, including spiritual guidance. It is a Christian-based organization, top to bottom. They do veterans housing, homeless shelters for day and homeless shelters for night and rehousing people who have lost their, their home, trying to get them into other, um, other housing. 
as I said, it is Christian-based, and I feel that their, their financial integrity is very strong. Their website says that in 2020, 78 cents of every dollar went directly to their programs that benefit both men and women and children and community services. I found on the website that there are multiple ways to give. You can just write a check for whatever you want. You can give it through the church so you get a tax refund or a tax receipt on that at the end of the year. You don't have to worry about where it goes. If you want to do that, that's fine. Um, or you can give gifts in kind. Now, you've heard me talk many times about purging my closets, and I'm still purging my closets, if you can believe it. I have a box right now at the, on the, in the loft of my upstairs portion of the house that has about, well, it's about three quarters of the way full, and I will continue doing that. They take gently used items of all kinds, clothing, shoes, coats, definitely coats this time of year, toys, groceries, anything in your pantry that you haven't used that's still obviously not expired, you can donate to City Team. If you choose to do that, you can bring it here and I'll make sure it gets to them. I'll deliver it myself. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I have, I have a wool coat that I've had for years. I, it's in perfect condition and I've never worn it outside of maybe a twice when I first got it. I'm gonna donate that. It also on their website is a, uh, a part that's called Amazon Smile. And it's a list of items that they are requesting. It tells the, um, the volume that is requested, how much it costs, and then you just go to, your, to their Amazon site, click what you want, and it goes directly to City Team and you're done. Um, I think that that's a really good uh, way to give if that's something that you're interested in. They have things like laundry soap listed, um, pasta, sp spaghetti sauce, all kinds of things. And they may request a hundred jars of it, but you don't have to buy a hundred jars. You can buy 10 jars and you know ship it to them and it'll go directly there. That's a, that's a really nice way and a succinct way to give as well. The organization offers all of these ways to give and I think you can do it without using money. If you don't want to give money, you don't have to. You can bring things from your house. Like I said, gently used items are definitely requested. So why am I telling you this now and what should you do? If you have the opportunity to take a look at the website and decide which type of program and which type of giving you want to participate in, that would be great. If you have any, any items that you do want to donate, you can bring them here, as I said, or you can take them directly, directly to City Team, which is in San Jose. Um, as I said, any cash gifts that you want to give, you can give through the church, and we can write one check and also visit their Amazon Smile account. I did think that it might be a good idea if we kind of did a tally of what was donated and maybe the church could match that up to a certain amount as our gift 
to them as well. So that's what I wanted to present to you. I was going to present this at the end of my message, but due to time and also just the Lord checking me that I think we should just wait till next week for that, um, I wanted to present this to you. By a show of hands, does everybody think this is an okay uh, opportunity? Okay, good. Glad to hear that. I do too. Uh, Jim and I have given to City Team several times over the past few years, and I believe in their program. We also, of course, once in a while, I think, I don't remember if it was this year or last year, we gave uh, a $500 gift to Teen Challenge, which we also definitely believe in their, their work and their, we support their ministry. Okay, with that, will you stand with me? Again, that will be on the 19th. We will take the offering. We will collect any items. And you can go on the website and donate anytime, of course. But we will, we will make that a focus on the 19th as part of our Christmas program. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Lord, as I was playing the song, Come Holy Spirit, I need thee. I felt your presence so sweetly and so strongly among us. And I know that you're smiling upon us, Lord, because we are civic-minded, that we are concerned about our country. And we lift them up to you. We lift these courts up to you, Lord. We even lift President Biden up to you, God. You are a just God, as we learned last week. And God, I pray that you be righteous and just and show mercy. Oh, God, give them mercy, Lord, that they have a place to turn away from evil unto good. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask that you go with each and every one of us today. Let your light and your love be in our hearts this Christmas season, O oh God, that others may see and glorify your name. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen.